We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends and my lovely listeners. I have a question for you to consider. What is your relationship like with life? Do you suffer with your health? Do you ever experience anxiety or depression? Are you just kind of bored, listless, and just cruising along on automatic pilot? Or do you wake up every day excited about, excited about this opportunity to be human, truly vibrantly alive, and sucking the juice out of every moment, every day, and in every experience? Well, if you want to be an example of that last question, and if you want to increase your wattage and say yes to more fulfilling, exciting, and adventurous life, you're going to be inspired and uplifted by my guest today. We're here with Jesse Gross. Jesse is a life coach, author, adventurer, and healer. Through his one-on-one coaching, healing work, and international retreats, Jesse is an attuned way shower. He guides people to live up to their greatest potential and embody their wildest dreams. Jesse is a force for change and a man who walks his talk. In 2009, in the midst of the economic recession, Jesse was inwardly prompted to leave his lucrative career in corporate America. Armed with the qualities of determination, courage, fortitude, and faith, and four years of his time, he has created a thriving retreat business and coaching practice. Some of his incredible adventures include volunteering for Mother Teresa's charities in the slums of Calcutta, India, trekking the Himalayas, and living with tribal people deep in the jungles of northern Laos, rock climbing Half Dome in Yosemite, kayaking the seas of Cortez, and big wave surfing in Mexico. He has also tracked and brought people with him to the remote regions of Nepal. Jesse recently completed his first book called Your Wild and Precious Life, Adventures in Conscious Creation. In his unique, authentic, and magical way, Jesse guides his clients and readers to align with their soul, find their path, and claim the courage to live their wild and precious life. So, Jesse, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. Hi, Tammy. It's great to be here. So fun to connect. We went to school together at the University of Santa Monica a few years ago. It's really awesome to see how you have expanded, evolved, and really claimed your wild and precious life. Uh, thank you so much. You know, uh, actually, this the whole thing happened while I was at school. That's when I, I walked away from my job and took this lifelong dream and started doing something with it. Yeah, I'm just so proud of you because it does take courage. It takes a lot of courage. So yes, I just it does. Say, <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. And we're going to talk about that because I'm sure people are listening going, oh, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I'd like to live my dreams, but I got to pay my bills, which is, you know, it's a valid conversation. And we're going to get into that. But I kind of want to start with just the title of your book. I think it's so, it just feels good to say, Your Wild and Precious Life, Adventures in Conscious Creation. How did you choose the title and what does that mean to you? Well, it's very interesting. The title was the very last thing I did with the book. Uh, I had a completely different working title, and uh, as I collected all the writings and, and, and put them together, the title just popped into my head, because I love, uh, I love Mary Oliver's writing, and I think the biggest thing for me was when I said it out loud, I got the chills. 
and it made me realize it was something that really captivated what matters to me. And for me, wildness is people's, you know, it's their inner, uh, their inner recesses, parts that we may not access in an everyday setting. And we definitely don't access if we're in a work or some situation where part of our natural instinct, our natural beauty is being suppressed. So that's the wild part and, you know, getting out in the world. And precious to me is slowing down and connecting with the gentle, soft, and um, very compassionate part of ourselves that's also uh, equally as valid. To me, that's almost like that balance and blend of masculine and feminine. Completely. It is. It is. It's, it's the full extreme of the masculine energy, which is like go out, do it, climb it, conquer it, uh, which has been very valuable to me uh, in building the business and, and doing other things. And then the feminine to me is that place of complete receiving. And it's the energy that I go into when I want guidance. And it's the energy I go into um, when I want to connect with source and connect with myself, connect with nature, um, and connect with the infinitely creative and artistic part of myself that really ultimately has all the answers and I think is much more powerful even uh, than the part of me that knows how to get stuff done. Mm. And now you're giving me goosebumps because that speaks so profoundly of truth with a capital T. <laughs> I'll take Love it. Love it. Love it. And, I, and that's been true for me. It's like me trying to live my life from my own understanding, my own doing, my own ambition wasn't that effective. I mean, I was surviving, but it wasn't thriving. And it wasn't until I surrendered to that something greater and decided to trust it that my life kind of started to take a different turn and really up-level and expand, you know, with the miracles, the synchronicity, that, that co-creation. Yeah, and it is. I, I love that you said that. It is a co-creation. And um, I think, to me, the ultimate expression of any human being on the planet is a very powerful balance of both of those energies mm-hmm. because uh, there's there's a need for people that are out doing and creating and changing. And there is a necessity to connect from within and, and to connect to our higher, higher guidance to make sure that our actions are pointed in the right direction or you know, at least the most uplifting direction. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yes. And, and to me, I don't think it's possible to really be happy or fulfilled unless we're living close to our soul. And, to me, that's what co-creation is. That's what conscious creation is about, creating that relationship with our soul self. We can be living intellectually and making a good living, but we're probably not going to be satisfied or deeply fulfilled if we're not really doing this with the acknowledgement, consent, and alignment of our soul. Yeah, you said probably not. I would, I would up that to say uh, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I it's, it's, I've tried it. Like, <laughs> like I, I think I think you and I have both had the experience, and I'm sure a lot of people have who are listening. You know, or maybe they're still in it of buying into this narrative of you know consumption and power and glory and status and and all this other stuff. And you know, ultimately, it's kind of junk food for the soul. I think, and and mm-hmm. it's worth trying. You know, it's great. Go out and try it out and see if see how that plays out. And for me, it's like kind of played out on its own and I went, all right, got it. This is empty. I, I kind of thought it would be empty, but I just had to try it out just to make sure. 
And I've had people say that to me because I had a I had a rag to riches life, back to rags and then to riches. And people have said, well, I wish I could have at least tried that, you know, to have that really gluttonous materialistic experience and know it doesn't make me happy. And I'm like, well, I know because I did it and it didn't it didn't fulfill me. It was it was junk food and made me feel kind of sick. Yeah, my health suffered and like you and and it just uh, it's good to know. It's good to try that at the buffet and go, I'm not. Yeah, that's not really what I needed. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> Wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, and I understand. I mean, I, I get that. I get people's desire. I mean, I have that desire. I had this desire of like, intellectually, I knew there's, there's nothing that I really want that's going to live in the achievement and the things and the status. And yet there was a part of me that went, well, what if you're wrong? And, and what if that's just some way of kind of hiding out and not trying hard? That was my story. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I don't have to, to guess and wonder. I think I, I would say I'm much more of a tester than a truster. So, oh, I'm not sure. I've never heard that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, a, a coach friend of mine always says that. He says, don't trust it. Test it. Yes. It's like, if, if you're not sure, don't, don't worry about trying to, you know, philosophize your way in or out of, uh, of a thought. He's like, just go out and, you know, go, go get dirty and go, you know, make mistakes and then come back and check in. Because I know for me, I, I don't know, I, say, I don't want to say I'm skeptical because that's not accurate, but I definitely like to prove things on my own right. I'm not much of a uh, believe it because somebody says it. So I, for me, there's value in that. And yeah. you know, the people, yeah. the people that don't have to do that, you know, I'd say they have a much easier path. <laughs> I think it's rare. You know, I actually had a guest on not too long ago that said we can never learn from somebody else's experience. We all have to do it for ourselves. And I see that my, my stepson's doing it. I, I don't want you to tell me. I want to figure it out for myself. And I'm like, oh, man, this is painful to watch. But maybe there really is no other way. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, right? Because I, I always would hear my parents say that, like, we did this, so you don't have to. And I went, yeah, whatever. No, I have to. <laughs> I have to do this for myself. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's part of our nature. We like to keep life interesting. So yes, it's one yes, way to it's do part it. Of being human. So I want to get back to the subject that I think is you know very relevant, and I I know I can relate, and I would imagine anybody listening to us can. Um, again, it takes so much courage to say yes to our soul, and you know, to leave maybe the comfort of our, our nine to five job or making a certain amount of money. Yeah, I want to do that, but you know, I have to pay my bills. And I know you had to jump off the cliff. It took a lot of courage for you because you were living debt free and had a six figure income and you decided to walk away. That's kind of scary. So tell me more about what led up to this period of your life and why you decide, decided to, to go this direction. Well, it's very interesting. I, you know, I chose the career. I, I, I worked in the insurance business and I chose a certain route because it was pretty adventurous. Uh, I was working hurricanes, tornadoes, fires. So there was an adventurous component to it that was in alignment for me. And I did have an opportunity to help a lot of people. And I was working, you know, sometimes over a hundred hours a week. So it was very unsustainable. And what I would say is I, I chose it and it chose me equally as much. And when I say that is I tried to get out of the business several times and I would leave and finish. And then I get a call and say, Hey, bigger, better contract, bigger, better contract. So I became this kind of addict of, you know, well, once I have this much in the bank, then I'll feel safe. And then I thought, Oh no, once I double that, Oh no, once I double that. And I remember at one point I, I sat there and I went, 
maybe I need a million dollars in the bank before I can start my own business. So, which, you know, totally ridiculous considering the kind of business I was starting. And it was funny to see how the addiction to the false sense of security based upon money built upon itself. It kind of rolled over and the conversations amongst people I was with is this very kind of myopic little conversation. And it was amazing to me that the more I made, the more scared I got. And, and it, it, that shocked me. That really surprised me. I thought I would feel really secure and actually got afraid and kind of hoardy and like I didn't want to lose my money. So what happened was, is I went to, to USM, University of Santa Monica, and I started getting really into my heart. And the more I got into my heart and the more I started dissolving the stories that I had created to help me maintain the lie that I was living, right? The justifications. Once those justifications started dissolving, you know, the things that were propping up my ability to really not be in flow with my heart, once all the props were gone, there was really nothing else to hold it up. And I started having panic attacks at work and I started going in and my heart would pound and my hands would sweat and I would hear in my head run. I mean, it was, it was, it was the kind of uh, uh, fight or flight response that you'd expect uh, from a dangerous situation. And for me, being that out of alignment um, and simultaneously being in a place that opens up the truth, the uh, extreme between both created this situation where I just couldn't actually do it anymore. And so one day, one day I just called in and I quit and, uh, when I did it, I cried and I was kind of embarrassed because my boss was a little bit of a macho guy and he, you know, amazingly was really kind to me. And I had a sense that almost everybody I worked with was kind of like, wow, someone did it. Someone, someone got off the juice and, and, and moved out. So uh, I chose it. And yes, it did take a lot of courage. And at the same time, I would say Providence kind of pushed me out. Something I can really relate to what you're saying. And I did the same thing. I thought, and I think a lot of people believe this, that money will make us feel safe. But it really, it doesn't. What our true sense of safety and security comes from trusting that something greater, that we're loved and that we're supported. That's where the true safety, money is just an illusion, you know, of safety. So I know you really struggled with that too. It's like, do you trust that something greater? And that, that I think was Einstein said that's the most important question we can ever answer for ourselves do we trust that the universe is a safe and loving place and i know i didn't but i decided to experiment <laughs> we're going to try this for a week or a month and see how it goes and i don't know how how you stepped into that but i know that was a big part of your process as well like i guess choosing to trust is that accurate um let me see i want to i want to say it in the most honest way yeah, with my experience i would say that i I didn't, I didn't slip immediately into trust. Let's put it that way. It was, it was like, uh, the best way to experience is that I, I, I kind of forced, leaned into the concept of trust and, and, and almost had to re-energize that idea every day, sometimes 10 times a day. So in the beginning, it's not like I just slipped into it and I went, I'm going to trust. And I jumped off the rock. Uh, it was more like, all right, I'm going to trust. And then the ability to trust in the process, trust in my own creativity, trust in my friends, trust in uh, that what I had to share would be valuable for others. That was a, I'd say, four or five year process of 
uh, earning the trust. Almost, I felt, I felt kind of like I was testing the universe. Like, all right, I'm going to do this, and let's see what happens. And so I earned it slowly over time. You and, put and, your toe in the water. Yeah. You didn't jump in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I jumped Waited in sometimes, in. And, and then I would come flying right back out. And you know, the world <laughs> was scary. So, yeah, I mean, overall, if you, if you look, you know, I think of it like this. If you look at the stock market, it's like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. That was my experience. But if you, if you zoom out really far away, you see this nice little gradual curve. So, yes, it looks from a far away thing. It was lots of toe dipping all the time. And in between <laughs> that, it was you know, a big leap and then run back and the world's scary. I want my money. And then, okay, here we go again. And then, ah, and run back. And, and then slowly <laughs> over time, that kind of swing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth the, became less and less and less and less and less. And so now when I fall out of trust and I move into fear now, which still happens sometimes, uh, I come back a lot quicker. I don't, I don't hide out. I don't, I don't live in that fear for very long, you know? So that's, it's kind of like this shaping almost. You think of like a a psychology with somebody with a phobia, like trust phobia. (laughs) I just kind of shaped it, shaped it, shaped it, shaped it. And constantly collected data to show, yes, the world is safe. Universe supports me. Um, that following my heart is indeed actually the safest thing to do. Yeah, I love that. And, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but in my experience, a lot of times it seems like it's harder for men because they're hardwired to be the hunters, gatherers, providers, safety creators. You know, I mean, it, it's hard for everyone. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, um, in my experience of just being a life coach and a counselor, it's like it, it can be harder for men to surrender into that. I agree with you. You know, that's a very good point. Um, I think in our society, there is this kind of hyper uh, masculinated or masculinized, I don't even know if those are words, but uh, image of how men are supposed to be. And it doesn't leave a lot of room for receiving and, and, and trusting and, you know, which are uh, on the, I'd say more, like you said, more, they're more on the feminine spectrum. So for me, it was, it was really hard. Because I was told the world's competitive, so go get skills, and you know the better you, better kind of warrior, fighter, competitor, smarter that I become, the more I can provide for my family, and then within that safety net that I provide, they can relax and trust, and then I can go suffer, but I will be somehow kind of vicariously joyful because my family gets to enjoy the flow of the universe while I go out and you know fight dragons all day. So you get to be wild and they get to be precious. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's just not who I am. I mean, I'm I'm aware that I I have a full range of masculine, feminine, and I I love conquering a mountain and I love building stuff. And I do actually like competing over sports. And and at the same time, I really love slowing down and painting and and trusting. and, and, And I like the mystery. And so for me, it's a process of becoming fully embodied in masculine, feminine, and, and uh, embodying it all simultaneously at the same time. Yeah, finding your authentic shape. Yeah, That's what exactly. I Ex- and, exactly. And we're all and, different, you know? We all have to do that for ourselves, you know? Trying to fit yourself into somebody else's box or life of what they think you should lead, lead or live, it's, it's usually pretty uncomfortable. It's about finding our alignment with our soul and finding our authentic shape. It's a process. I, I like the, I like the word you use, shape. Yeah, 
It is. Yeah. It is that way, isn't it? It's like an embodiment of uh, a lot of different energies, desires. Yeah, when I was saying, I can't find the pieces of the puzzle that are supposed to fit with me, the other people. It's like, well, you don't even know what your shape is. Maybe relax into that, and then the other pe- pieces can show up, and you'll know if they fit. I'm like, wow, that kind of makes some sense. <laughs> Once I did that, then, then I knew what fit. <laughs> so yeah. it was, well, uh, it was a you got to try them on right? you, have, you have to try it on it's like a big box of clothes you just got to keep trying stuff on so you find out what keep fits. going to the dressing room i say keep going to the buffet it's just you know just a constant refining the constant refining <laughs> so something That's else funny. i wanted to ask you about jesse and i i think this is really interesting and i want to hear from your perspective it seems like a really important part of your healing process was working with a life coach and now you do that for others. Can you tell yeah. me why you think that that is so helpful or beneficial into really um, claiming your dreams and manifesting your potential? Yeah, I, I, um, it's funny. If you had asked me this question a couple of years ago, I think I would have felt a little nervous, like, because I'm a coach, that answering that might be self-serving, you know, kind of like a, a self-promotion. And uh, what I would say to you now is that um, having had the experience of trying to do it on my own, uh, which I, I share in the book and how much not fun that was. <laughs> and then having the experience of, of hiring a coach, uh, you know, there's different people I've worked with along the way that had different skill sets and were operating at a level that at that time connected most with what I needed. Um, invaluable. Invaluable. I mean, I, I look back at it now. I think I've spent at least 60000 maybe not $70,000 in coaching and uh, training and um, education around this conversation over the last six years. And all of it has come back to me double, triple, quadruple, fivefold. I mean, and that's just on a monetary level. I mean, that's, that's not even accounting the biggest part, which is the spiritual growth and the personal growth and the uh, and the learning to trust. I mean, learning to trust that I can share my most intimate desires, fears, things that seem irrational, crazy, embarrassing, gossipy, whatever, right? It's, it, and to be able to know that I can trust another human being and just kind of lay myself on, out on the table in, in, in a very vulnerable way and have that person hold space for me, um, invaluable, absolutely invaluable. And, uh, yeah, everybody I've worked with, I um, I love. And, you know, somebody said to me once, they said, you know, that the hallmark of an unsuccessful coach is that they don't have one. Uh, again, when I first heard that, I, I thought that was like a little bit of a promo, kind of like, yeah, right. And I actually know that that's true. Because for me, it's like, if I'm coaching and I'm being coached, there's a ton of power and there's, you know, there's a, there's a true truth that goes all the way through it. So, um Having, having somebody that can see me when I can't see me um, is, I think, for any human being on the planet, that's, it's vital. If you want to grow and you want to grow quickly, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's mandatory. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, something I really believe is like we're spiritual rock climbers. And unless you're an ascended master sitting at the top of the mountain, we need to be helped up. We need to be reflected to. We need to be cheerleaded for and then to cheerlead others it's like we're all we're all going home <laughs> you know we can't do this alone yeah and i love that metaphor because it's true if you're climbing 
you're on the other end of a rope and somebody's got to be down below belaying you. So if you fall, they've got the rope. And, yes. you know, if you're free soloing and you fall, you're, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So I like, I like that metaphor. I'm going to use that. I'll take you, it. You please do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be using some of yours as well. You've got some really great, wonderful wisdom and little nuggets of, of profundity. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm, I'm going to use them. So, Jesse, what if somebody wants a copy of your book or wants more of you? They're like, this guy's good. I want to connect with him. I need a life coach. How do they find you? Um, the best way to find me is uh, through my website. And uh, there's actually two of them. One is Jesse Gross. So it's J-E-S-S-E-G-R-O-S dot com. And then the other one is InsightAdventures.com. And uh, my contact info is in there. And then if people want to order the book, you can order it Kindle or hard copy on Amazon. You just pull up Amazon and, and put in your wild and precious life. And there's also links on both of the sites as well. Awesome. Well, this has really just been so fun. I'm, I just enjoy you so much and so grateful for your time and your energy and the sharing of your heart so authentically. I just think you're an amazing and extraordinary, wild and precious man. <laughs> Thanks, Tammy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, I, so I, I have to say, I, I, I have deep admiration for you as well. And I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're up to in the world. And it's just, uh, it's, it just seems like such a natural fit for you. Oh, I appreciate that feedback. I'm having a blast. Wasn't what my ego thought I would be doing, but my soul is like, yes. <laughs> so I appreciate that so much. So for my listeners, thank you for hanging out with us here today on Empower Radio. I'm truly deeply honored. You know, we're in this together and I feel the connection with you. So if you want to get a hold of me, if you have any questions, if you want to um, just talk to me, email me, Facebook me, uh, go to my website, TammyBPhD.com, T-A-M-M-I-B-P-H-D.com. There's a free guided meditation. There's a place for you to ask questions. This is really about connecting. So I would be honored if you would reach out and connect with me and continue the conversation in whatever, whatever way serves you. So God bless you. Take care of yourself. You deserve it. Take care of your precious self.